You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Hi, and welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'm Nancy Tolino, and as you know, I'm a canine behavior specialist, specializing in behavior modification and rehabilitation. Today we'll talk about different types of rehabilitation, different types of reconditioning that can help your dog. We'll get into that right away after a short break here on Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Eddie White, what's the number one pet radio network in the world? Pet Life Radio. Season Milan, the dog whisperer. What radio network has over 5 million monthly listeners and over 50 pet talk shows? Pet Life Radio. Rachel Ray, where is the best place to reach potential customers if you have a pet business? Pet Life Radio. Put your business in front of over 5 million pet parents with a radio ad on Pet Life Radio, the award-winning number one pet radio network on the planet. Call our sales department today. Toll free at 877-385-8882. That's 877-385-8882. Or email us at sales at PetLifeRadio.com. Steve Wozniak, if Apple was a pet business, where would you advertise your eyelash on Pet Life Radio? Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Hi, and welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'm Nancy Tolino. In my field as a canine specialist, lots of times I work with dogs that have medium to high energy levels. Many times, their companion people overuse the word aggressive when most of the time it turns out to be a higher level of excitement and there are times when it's fear-based. People often get that confused. Fear brings about anxiety, which can bring about aggression. And overexcitement can also be triggered into aggression. So they're not always overly dominant dogs or aggressive dogs by nature. For example, take a dog with a medium to high level energy level by nature. They seem to get excited When there's any activity outside the front door, they run to the window. Whether it's a loud sound outside, a car passing by, a truck passing by, or someone about to come up to the front steps, 
they start barking very loudly. Their level of energy and their level of excitement starts to increase. By this point, say if there's another dog in the household, most likely whether the other dog is to that energy level or not, by this point, the other dog is probably reaching that same level of excitement. One turns around and by accident knocks into the other. There's a very good chance at that point that one may actually growl or even nip or bite the other. That's called redirected aggression. That's only because of excitement. That energy level wasn't redirected in time, so that is not an example of an aggressive dog. But how overexcitement at that moment did lead to aggression. Redirected as it was, but aggression nonetheless. And that can be refocused and redirected before time. And that could be completely averted. Okay, so let's rewind a little bit and take that same scenario. Take a few steps back and see what we can do to improve that situation and avert the whole problem to begin with. Okay, loud sounds outside again. Nothing we can do about it. All right, we have a dog who has a medium to high intensity level. First, make sure whether you have one dog or multiple dogs that every dog is depleted of their energy. In other words, dogs' needs need to be met, of course. You must provide food. You must provide water and shelter. But you must provide a certain level of exercise. Now, playtime is great, and we talked about this before, but the structured walk, a daily walk, is vital. Dogs love to walk. Dogs bond on a walk. Think of it as a win-win situation. You and your dog bond. Your dog gets to have his needs met because, obviously, the walk takes care of several things at the same time. You provide some fresh air. You provide sunshine for your dog. But the walk, again, is vital. It's a bonding thing. You know, and if you have several other dogs with you on the walk, your dogs will bond. Also, if you have a new um, a new dog in, into the pack, that's a great way for your dogs to connect is through a good, healthy walk. So a daily walk is vital every single day. And more than once a day is certainly and highly recommended. But a lot of times it doesn't fit into everyone's schedule. But at least if you can get into a good walk once a day, that is absolutely recommended. Anywhere from 20 to 45 minutes to an hour, whatever you can do, it most certainly help deplete the energy and provide your dog of the necessary challenge that your dog needs. Because aside from physical exercise, it's also a mental challenge. Okay, so we have the walk underway. Before we try to do anything new with your dog, before you want to try any new technique, any exercise, whenever you introduce something new to your dog, you always want to do it after a good healthy walk. Because in that way, now your dog is calm and relaxed and able to focus on you. Okay, so again, we're going to take this back a few steps. You've already provided a good healthy walk with your dog. Now you're back inside. Again, nothing we can do about the noises outside. Your dog is going to have to learn to cope with them and to not reach that level of excitement. But we're dealing with, say, a higher, medium to high level of intensity dog. What I mean by that is many dogs have different energy levels. You may have had dogs in the past or presently that are just very easygoing by nature. That just happens to be that their energy level is, is pretty low, which is fine. But not every dog has it. It's just like people. Okay, so medium to high is usually when you see the overexcitement. And that's pretty common. But again, there are dogs with lower energy levels, and that's fine too. But don't forget, they still need that healthy walk every day. They still need that physical exercise, and they still need that mental challenge of a good healthy walk. Okay, so now we're back inside, <laughs> and we're dealing with the medium to high level dog who gets excited at the front door, who gets excited at any noise at all that happens outside. I'm sure you're familiar with this. The trash truck comes down the street, or the mailman, or someone walking their dog, your dog runs up to the window, jumps over the couch, whatever he or she needs to do, and goes a little crazy and starts chaos with your other dog as well. Okay, so we're familiar with this scene. But now as we backtrack 
as soon as we hear the sound, your dog is actually going to give you signs. The thing is, we miss it. Dogs constantly give us body language. They constantly communicate with us. They constantly pick up cues from us, whether we know it or not, every minute of the day. So there's constantly learning and teaching going on throughout the day, constant communication. We're just a little too busy to notice it. So what we need to do is to take a quick look at our dog. Well, I'm talking second to second here. And watch for the, the classic look. As a matter of fact, you'll, you'll hear me mention periodically that canine look because I'm really big on that. In fact, I love gathering information from the canine perspective. All that I do and everything that I work with in my Peace in the Pack programs and when I teach and when I teach individually or lecture, it's always from the canine's perspective. That's where I gather all my information. That's what works. And I love, you know, zeroing in on their expression, their look, the look after we get their focus, the look with a light bulb moment. Or as we know it as the aha moment where the dog gets the message. And when you know that you've created a pathway and I gather that information from each individual canine's perspective. So it's wonderful to work with them individually and then also to see their reaction after. So you'll hear me periodically mention that canine look and they're, they're quite expressive and you know your own dog. So you know what I'm talking about. And I'll, again, I'll be referring to that every now and again. But the most fascinating thing for me is to apply that to each and every dog individually. And again, that's where I gather all my information. And that's where I do where I feel is the most successful work for them. But they're doing the work. They're really teaching us. So it comes from their perspective. You get the message quicker and you learn in a much quicker way how to deal with each individual dog because you get it directly from the source, directly from them. They also give us the end result in their facial look as well. But anyway, back to that classic look that applies to this moment. You know it. Where their ears go up and their eyes are very wide. You know it. You're familiar with it. You've seen it. When you catch that look, that's going to be a second to a fraction of a second prior to them jumping and barking and moving. When you get that still look for, like I said, it's only going to be a second. Look for it. Anticipate it. Wait for it. That's when you redirect and refocus your dog. I'm telling you, this will change the whole course of the next event. If you miss the moment, fine. There'll be another one soon. Don't see it as a failure. Just move on. But you know that that's going to happen again. There's going to be something else that gets your dog's attention outside. Try to plan for it. As soon as you know, as soon as you maybe hear the sound, take a look at your dog that quickly. Take a look at his or her ears. You're going to see the very, very clear body language. The second you see that, ears up, you know, alert look eyes fixated to the window or the front door. That's when you quickly redirect your dog. Now, by redirection, there are a number of things you can do. Not every individual thing works with every dog, just like people. So you may have to try different things. So now that we're at this point, we want to start to redirect and refocus. So we're going to pick one technique. And if it doesn't work, like I said, don't get frustrated. Just try another. Frustration only sets you back and will set your dog back. Because your energy level is vital. If you correct out of frustration, out of anger, out of mayhem and chaos in your own mind, not only is it wrong and not only is it unethical, but in all honesty, it's unproductive. You are not only not going to change that behavior, but you are now adding more levels of excitement, more levels of stress and anxiety. Now your dog will pick up that there's a reason to feel even more anxious and he or she will not know what to do. So you're not giving a clear, concise message. You're only adding more of a burden. And you're only making it harder for yourself to get past this situation. Okay? So the mindset that you have to have is one, think think maternal, think teacher, think parent. 
how you would, you know, carefully redirect a child. Have that mindset. Do not have any kind of anger or chaos in your mind at the time. Just be committed to your thinking that you want to give your dog a clear, concise message, that you want to set a new course, and you want to make this a positive message. You want now a new appropriate behavior. Your dog will get it, but it has to start from you. You have to have that power of intention and that very strong purpose. And then ultimately, you have to follow through. Okay, so here we are at that moment. You see your dog for just one second. You see your dog's high alert level. Right now, say we're going to use a sound to redirect your dog. You might want to clap. Sometimes a very loud clap once or twice will do it. It doesn't happen with every dog. I personally like to use a sound to redirect my dog. Something like it's, or, or, hey, or no. Anything that you can do, what doesn't work, eliminate it. Eliminate it quickly because it just doesn't have that impact on your dog. Every dog is different. What works for one dog won't work for another. Try not to use things like a jar of pennies, squirting water, those kind of things to the dog that applies punishment. And you don't want to punish. You just want to redirect. So this is not a time to spray or introduce a loud, abrupt sound. The pennies kind of produce a very harsh sound to their ears. So that's not the time to do any of this. You just want to break that focus with an abrupt sound that isn't harsh, but that is commanding. So try whatever works for you, whether it's a clap, a snap, a sound from your mouth, a simple no, uh, 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 no, anything, but have an intention, not just no, not that. It can't sound whiny. It can't sound like you're, you're on the fence. It has to have purpose. And try not to use his or her name because that will only delay things. And also, if you don't get the appropriate response, the dog will attach that with it. In other words, you only want to add their name when it works. Okay, so right now, it's strictly a very quick attention-getting sound. Hey, no, no, something like that. That's what you want to do. At that moment, again, eliminate the sounds that don't work. At that moment, the one that does work, your dog will quickly look to you. And he or she may even give you like a huh kind of a look. Like, what was that? That's what you want. The moment you broke that fixation is a success. That moment is a success. Now the dog is yours, at least for the couple seconds. Now you want to follow through. Your follow through is to redirect the dog. Call the dog over to you. Now is the time to use the name. Now is the time to get the dog to you. Now is the time maybe to go over and maybe gently move the dog away from the window. But only after you get the dog's attention, not prior. Because again, remember how I said, once they get into that mode, that's where redirected aggression can occur. And I don't want to see you get hurt through this. You have to get the dog's attention first and then get the dog to come to you. This way, they are, the fixation is over. Once the fixation is over, you've eliminated that chaos. You've got the dog's attention and you're starting a new path. Well, it's time now to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about more behavior modification tips for you. I'm Nancy Tolino. Talk to you in a minute right after the break on Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better 
together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Welcome to GoDaddy.com's Internet Cloud. First, get your domain name from GoDaddy.com. Then, make your business and personal internet dreams come true. Go to GoDaddy.com. Use promo code TEACHER101. Get a .com domain name for just $7.49. TEACHER102 for 10% off your order. TEACHER103 for $5 off $30 or more on any items. Or TEACHER104 for 20% off one-year hosting plans at GoDaddy.com. GoDaddy.com. Domains, websites, and everything in between. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio, and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery, or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. Good boy. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Ugh. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention, there may be a quiz later. Welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'm Nancy Tolino. Thank you for joining me today. And today we're talking about behavior modification tips, things you can do at home to uh, recondition your dog into more appropriate behavior to eliminate stress and, and a lot of anxiety or tension that doesn't need to be there. The dog just needs guidance, direction, and a clear, concise way to do so, a clear new path that you can set. Recently, I just uh, worked with a client who had two dogs, two beautiful uh, mixed breed dogs. And one was very clearly dominant, just a dominant dog. It's just the way that, that she is. You know, it's just, a, it's actually an attribute in the canine world. But dominant behavior is no longer necessary. Every dog wants to be able to be comfortable and follow their pack. We take that heaviness away from them. We take the tension away from them. We take that burden away from them as to being the leader. So, but this dog, like I said, she just has natural dominant qualities. The other dog, on the other hand, doesn't, you know? And so what is happening is this second dog is becoming more fear-based because she's being pretty much pushed around and bullied by the dominant dog. This is where responsible leadership comes into play. 
by us, by people. Now the pack is with us. We now are their leaders, whether it's one person in the household, two people, or 10. Everyone in the household is their leader. And everybody has to maintain a consistent level nature. Everybody has to stay on the same page with the same rules, boundaries, and, and situations. So as not to confuse the dogs, okay? So now what happened is, even though that dog is a naturally dominant dog, the only difference with that is, you know, she or he may have like a stronger will. Other than that... It's still a dog that needs to follow you as a leader. So that's what we had to work on. The second dog that I said was fear-based simply needed to know that the dominant dog is now also going to follow the people in the household, that there's going to be no more stress. So we remove the burden from the dominant dog to show her that now the people are in charge in a very responsible, calm, gentle, loving leadership way. And we took the fear away from the secondary dog to show that, no, 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 no more will you be bullied by this dog. You now are on the same even playing field with your partner dog, and you both are followers in the household. So that's how you create a good pack, you know, with fairness, with equality, and to show them that they both are on the same level and that you... And the other people in the household are the leaders of the pack, okay? In a responsible, calm, and loving way. And so that's how we handled that. A lot of the fear-based problems, you know, started to dissipate from the fearful dog. And the dominant dog took a little time because, like I said, she's naturally dominant. When you have a dog who's pushy, who's not naturally dominant, it's a little bit of an easier go to kind of get them to comply. Naturally dominant dogs have a bit of a stronger will, but that's fine. That's okay. You still show them that you are the leader, and once we showed that on an even playing field, we created a very good and healthy balance pack. Now, the key is, is to remain consistent, remain calm at all times, and to remain with a very strong but loving, gentle leadership, a very gentle energy. But at the same time, your follow-throughs have to be committed and convincing. And that has to be at all times. I mean, think about it. Even if you were talking to a coworker, or you're talking to a friend, you're talking to your child, if you don't say something with commitment, if you don't say something that you believe in, how is another person supposed to take you seriously? Well, that's the same energy that you'd be transmitting to your dog. And in the case of your dog, you have to make that communication even clearer than you would with another human. Because what's happening there is your vocalization isn't as strong because they need more body language. They need to know exactly what you want from them. They may understand vocal cues after they're shown the path, but vocal cues alone aren't teaching them. They can't rationalize and understand what your words are actually saying. So you have to show them the clear path. You have to use your body language. You have to use your energy. You have to use your follow-through and your commitment. And then vocalization can follow. They connect the words along with the activity. So it's more important to even show a total commitment and a follow-through every time that you create a new pathway for your dog. They need to know exactly what it is that you expect of them. They need to know exactly what the new behavior is that's required of them. And then, of course, the praise and the follow-through afterwards is just as important so that they understand with positive reinforcement that that's exactly what they're supposed to do. So, for example, if a dog is jumping, you want to complete a firm follow-through and let them know that the pause on you is unwarranted behavior and you're going to continue showing them and blocking them and redirecting them and refocusing them until they finally calm down and realize that their new behavior in a calm manner is rewarded. Then calmly and gently lavish tons of praise and treats. Many people say they uh, 
they don't want their dogs to continually have treats. Well, first of all, as you're training, it's a very small amount of treats. You never want to get your dog sick. And of course, it has to be very healthy too. Always look at the labels. Always look for the ingredients. And again, just tiny little, tiny little tidbits is really all that it takes because we're using their nose. We're using their sense of scent, which is the dog's strongest sense. But in the end, which certainly doesn't take long, all that they'll need is your affirmation that they've succeeded. Because they want to succeed. They want to do what's right. They want to please you. We already have that in our favor, and that's ingrained in them. So we have to use that focus. We have to use that attention. We have to use that that will to want to please. Use it in, a, in the positive way that works for, for them and that works for us. So we work along with them. You work with their strengths. You always set them up to succeed. So I always say, you know, the food lure, it's a wonderful positive reinforcement tool. But as things progress, you're not going to need the treats long term. Just your attention, just your affirmations, just your praise is certainly plenty enough. And the dog certainly knows that he or she has succeeded. Now, I often uh, hear from people, and many of my clients uh, have dogs, that their sense of uh, food lore isn't that strong. A lot of times, maybe they have just eaten. That doesn't always happen, but on occasion, you'll find that a dog is just not lured into a new technique, a new behavior with, with a treat. It's, it could also be the type of treat you're using. It's not enough of a, enough of motivation for him or her. It could be a number of factors, but primarily if you're in a situation where the treat or the treat you have at hand is not working, is not getting your dog's attention, there are other things too that you still use your dog's sense of scent. And that's things such as the scent of vanilla. Vanilla has a very enticing aroma to a dog. It's very sweet. It kind of has this scent of cookies, you know, fresh home-baked cookies. It's, it's fresh, it's sweet, and it's enticing. And so if your dog is, isn't into a treat, or at least a treat you have on standby, if you have a scent of vanilla, then you can use that, you know, wisely and responsibly as a lure. You might want to, you know, gently spray the air around that object or spray the object itself with a scent of vanilla, lightly spray it, and again, responsibly, never towards the dog, never on the dog, never at the dog only away from the dog, only at the uh, the area or the object that you're, you're intending for the dog to want to have a, a much better feeling toward, you know, a more positive attitude toward, something to just lure the dog into the area in a very positive vein, and then stop. And of course, we're not talking about overusing this situation, where it's only just one or two sprays very lightly. And again, I can't stress this enough, away from the dog, never at the dog. Just lure the dog into the area in lieu of a treat. Somehow to bring the dog into a positive situation, and then you follow through with your technique of showing the dog the new behavior and the follow through and the sit and the calm and, of course, the praise and the attention after. And then you follow through with a treat as a reward or, again, just lots of praise. Because like I said, in the end, the most important thing is the praise and the affirmation that comes from you. Dealing with phobic behaviors or situations where dogs are frightened of something, I've used that as well with the scent of vanilla to bring the dog into an area and then make the area very positive. But that's another whole that's another whole situation and probably another whole show, which in the future uh, I will probably do because I do get letters on many of my clients do have dogs in that situation. And that, of course, has a different follow through. But I'm just talking about just bringing the dog to you and making things pretty enticing for the dog, teaching things like recall and some basic commands. And again, I deal more with innovation and behavior. You know, training is primary and basic commands are, are wonderful. They're the foundation of everything else. But I deal primarily with behavior and behavior modification and creating a pathway for the dog, changing the outlook, finding a way to turn inappropriate behavior into appropriate behavior in the easiest path possible for both the dog and you, in the most consistent way so that you can remember and the 
primary way for your particular dog to succeed. That's what I do. That's what my passion is for. And this came, you know, as I had mentioned in another earlier show, all my classes that are called Peace in the Pack programs all came from the love for these animals to not return back to shelters, primarily for strays, primarily for dogs from shelters, primarily for dogs that that have been in homes, lost their homes, been in secondary homes, possibly lost them, uh, or maybe in many in many shelters, maybe or in many towns, maybe not even had a chance for a second or third home because they had already bitten. Most of my clients are biters. They're very high-end behavioral problems. So my heart and my passion is for these dogs that are confused, lost their way, all because well-meaning people, good-hearted, well-meaning people just do not have the correct pathway to connect with their dogs. And it is difficult because we do speak another language than dogs. We are, after all, a different species. So I highly look to basic commands, but very basic. As long as they know the basic commands, we can start from there. The higher-end commands are wonderful, and they, they certainly are challenging for the dog, and they certainly put the dog at a different level. But still, nothing, nothing takes the place of your pathway with your dog. And some basic commands are basically all that's ever needed to create that pathway. Then you have to realize, okay, their physical needs are being met, but now how about the psychological? And that's the pathway that I try to connect between you and your dog. So I created my exclusive Peace in the Pack programs. I am now teaching Peace in the Pack 1 and Peace in the Pack 2 in New Jersey. I also have uh, information on my website, and I'm looking to expand to different areas. And I'm getting a lot of successful results, and people are are pretty captivated. It's information that every, every person who lives with a canine should know. I'm now speaking at and lecturing at high schools as well and reaching out to younger people and to children because it's wonderful to get them at a young age to learn how to be a good leader and to learn gentle, compassionate leadership with your dog. My classes contain all different ages. It comes from the heart of shelter dogs. Of course, it's every dog, purebred, small, medium, large, high energy, medium energy, low energy, difficult, compliant, it doesn't matter. And as I said, you know, my clients are very high end. And those are the ones that I really reach out to because coming from the city originally, I know what it's like in an urban situation to see so many strays and to see so many shepherd mixes and pit bulls and pit bull mixes and and rotty mixes. And and they become throwaway dogs, and they're not. They're wonderful, devoted dogs in the hands of the wrong people or in in the hands of well-meaning people who just don't have the pathway. So that's who I'm reaching out to, and that's what my program is all about. So I just want to extend as much information as I can. If at all, if at any time, you have any questions about your dog or dogs, I'd love to hear from you, and I'd really like to try to help. My website is www.peaceinthepack.com. That's P-E-A-C-E-I-N-T-H-E-P-A-C-K, peaceinthepack.com. And my email is nan, short for Nancy, at peaceinthepack.com. I'd really love to hear from you. And no matter where you are in the country, I have an SOS consultation program. So between emails and that, I'd be able to help you out that way. I'm offering a consultation that I call SOS consults. Now, of course, we know that things can't be solved completely over the phone, but I can give you help. I can give you some ideas. I can give you some innovative or creative ways to at least get started. I've helped several people in in various states. Without physically being there, I just give you help and ideas. It's difficult to completely diagnose without actually seeing the dog and working with the dog and basically going by, by your responses. But I can certainly put you in the right direction and the right path and give you some generalizations to help you and at least get started and point you in the right direction. Unfortunately, there have been successful results that way. 
I'm very excited about this. I'll also be offering e-books and e-training guides as well. I'll keep you informed. That'll be on my site shortly. To help you with all different types of behavioral problems, taking you step-by-step step through the process. Because everything is second-to-second. Second. That's how your dog learns. That's how you create a bond. And that's how the pathway is formed. So I'll keep you updated and informed when that's available. My goal is to have peace in every pack. Thank you for listening. Create peace whenever you can for you and your companion animals. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Stop on back and say hi. I'm Nancy Tolino, and you're listening to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.